Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike One, co-host also, Mike, in a moment, and it is a doozy today. One of our biggest episodes of the year, gambling, <laughs> predictions, previews, all the vices you could possibly have along this long Oscars road, all culminating today, Michael, in this palooza, free-for-all, extravaganza, money-losing endeavor is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, I think I am least confident in these picks of all the five years that we've we've made picks and yet i should be the most like i don't know what that means maybe i'm just rattled because last year i didn't do very well but the year before i was awesome i was Mm -hmm. like 20 for 23 or whatever 20 for 24 that year and and uh i will not stop referencing it and patting myself on the back uh ever uh, I've seen broadcast. your picks in this episode, and you uh, you you pull a page out of the band Rock Sets playbook, and you're listening to your heart a lot. And I wonder how that's going to work out this time. That's because probably when I tend not going to do that. I do terribly. Right? No, I did, and that's what I did last year. I listened mm. to my heart. I followed the pop songs. And right. what am I thinking? <laughs> what am I thinking? I just got to be cold, hard, dead numbers, <laughs> and maybe I'll change some picks because yeah, no, I am rattled this episode, and we were rattled last year, Mike, because we had six underdogs win, two distant strangers, and Colette from one plus one sixty to plus nine hundred in the short films, Francis McDormand to Anthony Hopkins from plus three fifty to plus seven fifty respectively, and then we had undercard wins and upsets like Eric Messerschmidt's. Mank Cinematography was plus 500, and Fight For You, Mike, from yeah. her, Judas and the Black Messiah, was plus 5,000. You could have won yeah. a house if you bet on that <laughs> song. If only. And if those numbers are nonsense and you're going cross-eyed and blind, you don't understand what we're talking about, this is the Mike, Mike, and Oscar annual Oscars betting prediction show so what we do is i there's a thousand other podcasts that are going to make their picks for oscar sunday we're going to do that as well in this but we like to always take the vegas slant towards it so we're going to go through every category we're going to tell you how vegas sees these because who knows more than the books on any given day Mm -hmm. how vegas is ranking the nominees First through fifth in every category right now as things stand today, after the WGAs, after the DGAs. We're going to recap everything the crazy that went down this weekend along the way. And we're going to tell you what the snapshot of every individual category looks like at this point. So if you are a better, you know probably or at least have a clue what these lines means. If you're not a better, these lines are going to be introduced just to kind of put the overall category into a bigger framework for you to let you know what you might be able to expect or what you will be blindsided by come this Sunday, Oscars Sunday. And we're going to explain what these odds mean along the way for you. Yeah, and we're going to start with Best Picture, which I think is going to dominate the conversation of the first five or six categories, Mike, because a lot of these are connected statistically or in terms of, uh, again, where my heart leads <laughs> just spiritually for me right. like eric weber said last episode so mm-hmm. I, I think that's the the important way to begin but yeah do please give people a refresher on like plus 500 five to right. one what this thing means 
So if well, we're going to talk about the odds of Best Picture, all 10 nominees and what they have right now. So let's, uh, this Power of the Dog, for example, is a minus 150 favorite. Anything that's minus, that's probably going to be the favorite in the category. You'll likely only have one per category. What minus means is that you are paying more money. You're paying what's called in Vegas a VIG. You're paying out of pocket in order to get your money back. I mean, you'll still be making a profit, but minus 150 means you have to pay $150 to win $100 profit. So if you pay 150 at the counter, you're going to get $250 back from the person in Vegas. 150 of that will be the original bet. $100 will be profit. If you have something that's a plus 300, let's say, for example, uh, that's you're going to pay $100 to win 300 of profit. That's what we call the underdog in this case. So anything with a plus is an underdog. Anything with a minus is the betting favorite. And shorter actually means better odds and drifting means no no short shorter means worse odds but more of a favorite and shorter shorter means a more sure thing uh, (laughs) anyway i think they use these confusing uh terms purposefully to try and cheat cheat us out of our money can i make that point yeah well that amongst other things but yes (laughs) Anyway, the man betting with his heart is going to lead this one off. We are starting with Best Picture. Like Mike said, The Power of the Dog is a favorite, minus 150. Weakening the pooch, though, from minus Mm. 250, which was the pre-PGA betting odds. So Power of the Dog, minus 150. Coda is now at plus 125, which has shortened from plus 500. So it used to be 5 to 1. Now it's only 1.25 to 1, Michael. Mm -hmm. I know you don't like decimal points, but I'll use them once in a while. Belfast. (laughs) Belfast actually drifted from plus 500 to plus 1,000. So Belfast is now plus 10 to 1. Otherwise, you pretty much got long shot odds for the rest of the film for the other seven films. West Side Story plus 2,200. Dune and Don't Look Up are both at plus 3,300. You hear that, Eric Weber? Plus 3,300. <laughs> King Richard plus 4,000 along with Licorice Pizza there. Otherwise, Drive My Car is a plus 5,000. And Nightmare Alley is the betting long shot and best picture at plus 6,600. Okay, and like I said, we're going to do this from a prediction standpoint and a gambling standpoint, but either way, starting with Best Picture here, you can ignore the last seven on this list, I think, and probably the last eight if it's up to me, but I know you're going to have something to say about Belfast. But for Mm -hmm. Best Picture, to me, what was once a three-headed race involving West Side Story and Belfast is now a two-headed race with Coda and perennial leader Power of the Dog. And Dog, like you said, was as heavy as minus 250, and Coda was as far back as 5-1 to one before the PGA's, the Producer Guild Awards, Saturday night. But much like Elton John truly meant in his song, it was Saturday night, which was all right for a Best Picture fight to truly form. I like his verbiage better than yours, but okay. I think we're both poets if you actually break things down. But that's <laughs> it's not shocking. <laughs> I mean, look, Coda is the lone nom and the lone picture in this field that has its odds shortening and that makes sense i mean it had that huge victory i don't know that it was that unforeseen but it's still surprising to see that the pga did go in that way and like i tweeted it gives us something to talk about this week because the whole conversation i think is going to be coda or power of the dog the entirety of the rest of the field is drifting to me i can't even make a narrative to choose any other of the eight options i wouldn't waste my money on chasing a dream in this category it's either coda or power and it might take the adapted screenplay category to tell us yeah i agree from a betting perspective uh i do wonder if there's a way to make money by hedging your bet on both of them but that just seems reckless because why not just stay away and bet elsewhere I, I, I think Vegas is on top of that as well. <laughs> I think they are too. The plus 125 and the minus 150, the 50 yeah. versus the 25. I think they, they did it 
they calculated it so that you can't kind of bet on both. With they're stock. not in the business of giving away money usually. You understand? <laughs> they're not that dumb, right? And the, for me to think that there might be a way for us to pool our resources <laughs> and think about these odds long enough that we can't lose, probably not a wise mm-hmm. move, maneuver on our parts. But you, you, you said it. We're going to connect adapted screenplay to picture in a few minutes uh, to, to, to this category and to these odds. But look, my, my gut, my heart, un- unfortunately, my ego says Coda, Mike. <laughs> I'm going with Coda today. I'm changing my wow. pick. From the power of the dog a month ago, from two weeks ago, when Amy Smith, you and I kind of begrudgingly put our hands together and said, "Dog, mm-hmm. we 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 were kind of bummed out by it." By it, and I I am jumping at the opportunity right now to 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 pick Coda. Do you blame me? Am I am I completely going off the reservation here? Uh, going with the flow. I I know you get on me sometimes because I can join the parade faster than you. Sometimes you got to hold me back. Like you got to grab my shirt if we're on the par- <laughs> if we're on the parade grounds. You got to grab a hold of me so I don't just jump in and start dancing. I want Coda to win. I hope you're right. And lately. I was going to bring this up in the reasoning that I pick what I pick in adapted screenplay, but I'll say it now anyway. Since Green Book's day, <laughs> the Academy has, in the bigger sense, gone more towards the heartfelt and the surprising and the feel-good and the bigger categories when they can. I mean, Parasite's the ultimate example of that, right? Yeah. So I want that to happen again. I- I- I'm still going to play it safe and go with Power of the Dog. I'm glad. I- I wonder, though, in a preferential sense, wouldn't Coda be higher on more ballots? <sighs> Here's the thing about the ballots, though. Eric Weber kind of nailed it the other day, and, he, and on his YouTube video last night, he even crystallized it and elaborated further. The last two, at least in the Vegas odds, are Drive My Car and Nightmare Alley. Those probably reshuffle and recalibrate. Film, film snobby type movies. To power of the dog, cinephilic, yeah. as Eric keeps yeah. putting it. You know, they pro- <laughs> they probably correct. <laughs> they probably reshuffle to the power of the dog. So if the power of the dog hits a number, a magic number in the first two rounds, it probably has to. Now, once you get into the softer middle mm-hmm. of the best picture field, and you knock out whoever's left from there, and I I truly don't know who seventh is. If it is Licorice Pizza, you know. Then or eighth, if it is licorice pizza, I, I'm probably saying licorice pizza goes towards power of the dog as well. But I, I don't know about I don't know that for sure. King Richard, don't look up. West Side Story, you know, if those things start to shuffle down, I think you got Coda involved. But I, I don't know if I can put stats or reason into this. I I do I do theorize a couple of different things, and again, this might be my ego talking. But I, I've theorized them for a long time. If Coda was in it, it could win it. I said that back in August when we did that Best Picture pod. Mm-hmm. Or, or when we did that uh, Oscars Profile pod for Coda, the movie review pod we did of Coda. I, this one felt like a Best Picture all the way back from then. And we were both saying, no, 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 it's probably just a screenplay, mm-hmm. which we'll mention later. But I do think the Academy, after this pandemic, after Nomadland last year, they typically vacillate and they want to pick something happy, something mainstream, something palatable for a wide audience, something that could be both 
that and also progressive. Like Coda threads the needle. Coda threads the needle in terms of being a momentous film for the differently abled population at large and especially for the deaf community and their represent representation in film. So it's a feel-good speech at every single one of these guilds. When she wins at the WGA, the SAG was the moment of the night when the when the group got on stage and when Kotzer has been winning at every award show, it's been some of the moments of every night, including the Indie Film Awards from the Gotham all the way to the Spirits. It's just a big feel good happy fest when coda wins yeah it really is all that said i suck at picking best pictures and i'm so glad (laughs) you're picking the other one so maybe as a podcast we could be right either way here i i hope i'm wrong and i my best picture track record is as horrible as yours is so i mean if belfast was ever going to surprise this is its chance to based on that alone (laughs) but i i want coda to win i just i i fear there's so much nomad land and power of the dog. And I know it's a different year and I know it's there's code is a bigger contender than anything. Nomad land had to deal with last year, but God, it's been such a powerhouse wire to wire front runner. Yeah. It would still be surprising. And I think there's actually a path for Coda to end up winning supporting actor and screenplay and still mm-hmm. not win best picture. I agree with you, and I think reason and logic are on your side still, despite the PGA win, and uh, I think we'll talk about some stats that still goes goes towards Power of the Dog, and certainly some odds, Michael, that are represented here, and Best Director, and and like like we were going to say, down the card for The Power of the Dog. Yeah, so Best Director, uh, that's where we'll go next, and Jane Campion is like the prohibitive favorite. She's Anywhere from a minus 2,500 favorite to a minus 3,333 favorite. Essentially, if you bet a dollar on Jane Campion, the most she'll win back in profit is four cents. That's how entrenched as a favorite she is. Uh, At last check, Kenneth Branagh was anywhere from 12 to 1 to 14 to 1. Spielberg was in the 12 to 1 conversation. I've seen him as far as 25 to 1 and in fourth place, actually, which is surprising to me. PTA has been pretty stable at 20 to 1 himself. And Risuke Hamaguchi is about 33 to 1. You might be able to get him around 20 to 1. I mean, this is a campion. It doesn't matter. This is Jane Campion's. Yeah, Campion is winning Best Director. She apologized for sticking her foot in her mouth at the Critics' Choice Awards stage there. Seemingly that night to Venus Williams from all the pictures at the parties, the post-Critics' Choice Awards parties. And then formally, she apologized the next day. The Williams sisters have forgiven her, and I think the Academy will too. I don't necessarily think that gaffe coming from a pioneer for women in film, as much as she's been a pioneer uh, for her gender all along in her career. I mean, it just speaks for itself. If she said something that was a bit self-aggrandizing in the moment, I don't want to minimize it. But again, the Williams sisters have been supportive. And, you know, again, you just, everything that comes from them, and, and it's been a, it's been wonderful to see them at all these shows, has just been just really makes me feel better about the human race that they're so successful and yet so humble and so mm. you know again so it's a testament to everybody involved so save for that campion has owned the season and her work in the power of the dog is undeniable i think she's achieved the best direction of this field and she should win yeah i mean there's been no drama in this category i mean at least best picture is still giving us some drama up until the better end here but this has been campions for Ever. I mean, and it's, uh, the, the facts and history back it up. When a director yeah. sweeps up until the Oscars, they win. Chloe Zhao did it last year, winning Critics' Choice, DGA, Golden Globes, and BAFTA's Best Director before she landed Oscars Glory. Cuaron did it in 2018. Del Toro the year before that. Chazelle the year before that. And Cuaron, 
mm-hmm. again in 2013. You get the point. It, it, when it happens, it's a sweep. And since 2000, as a matter of fact, there's been exactly two instances of a director winning all four precursor awards, but not the Oscar. And both of those came with giant caveats that aren't present here. 2012, Ben Affleck won all the precursors, but famously failed to be nominated at the Oscars. That led to Ang Lee's win for Life of Pi. And then 2019, Sam Mendes won all the precursors, but was upset by Bong Joon-ho. And you can pick your giant caveat for that case. Mm-hmm. Both Bong and Sam Mendes tied for the win of the Critics' Choice along the precursors road. That's one. And two, the bigger caveat is that Parasite won something on Oscars <laughs> night. That probably explains how it did. So. I want to say animated feature. Is uh... that... Was anyway, Parasite did well for itself on Oscars night and other categories that explains its best director win there. Thank God you do research because your memory sucks. <laughs> uh, we're both picking Jane Campion for yes. best director. Uh, you're picking the alignment with uh, Jane Campion for director and the power of the dog for picture. That is also a statistical trend throughout Oscars history, and I forgot to copy and paste those stats, but we did those about a couple of weeks ago director and picture lining up so that could very well be let's get into adapted screenplay now michael i do think this one is heavily connected to best picture yeah and appropriately so it's a mess because it's not i'm gonna go through the odds somewhat but here's what you need to know about the odds for this category because they're all over the place after coda won at the wgas Mm -hmm. on saturday night coda and power of the dog are basically tied with basically even odds meaning basically Vegas has no clue which of those is going to win. <laughs> I mean, even odds means you bet a dollar, you win a dollar. You bet a hundred bucks, you win a hundred bucks back. You're going to find a slight variation or deviation between the two of those. And when you do, power of the dog is still likely to be the one that has the vig you have to pay. That's the betting favorite in whatever book there is a betting favorite. Mm-hmm. But the more books you look at, the more of those are varied. So those are the two that are up top and it's a battle between those two. Prior to Saturday... Power of the Dog was comfortably in first, according to Vegas, and you could actually find books that had The Lost Daughter with shorter odds than Coda's, but now The Lost Daughter is an established third-place pick with odds around 6-1 to one to 8-1, to one, plus 600 to eight plus 800 in most books. Dune and Drive My Car bring up the rear. They're between 16-1 to one and 20-1 to one odds, plus 1,600, plus 2,000 odds there. But this category is a two-movie race right now, unless Heath Ledger's Joker is discovered to be standing atop the pile of cash and the lost daughter is the ultimate agent of chaos and just wants to throw everything into a tizzy. Uh, your Joker uh, your Joker anecdote aside, what did you say about rears? What, what, where, <laughs> where was this conversation going? The bring-up of a rear? All right, look at uh, Good points. Some of them. Uh, and then, and then I'm only other, burning my half. And then I, uh, I caught on other things. <laughs> Look, I, I forgot to mention the conflicting and constricting stats in our last episode with Weber. I droned on and on and on, <laughs> and I didn't get to him. Uh, I did refer to the article that they came from, the Clayton Davis article from Variety. But uh, look, it there are six Best Picture winning films that have only won two Oscars. Only this has only happened six times, and wow. you got to go back to the 1930s for these late, or at least for the power of the dog precedent, but Coda does not have a precedent. If Coda loses adapted screenplay, it'll only win two. It'll win picture and supporting actor, uh, Mm -hmm. we guess, right? Presumably, yeah. Presumably. So that's never happened. That's never happened that a film has won picture in an acting category. The conflicting part, though, comes with the power of the dog side of the stat because only two best picture winning films have won a combo of picture and director 
and this has only happened in the 1930s with uh, You Can't Take It With You and All Quiet on the Western Front, so the 1938 and 19. 19- 2930. Don't so, tell me what I can't do. In other words, Clayton Davis was right and he tweeted about it, but he then he wrote a whole article explaining it. It's like if neither of these films win adapted screenplay, neither of them can win best picture, and yet one of them has to win best picture. So we've we've totally our brains explode. Well, isn't that where Oscar's puzzle theory comes into play? Where mm-hmm. I'm vo- I'm voting for this for best picture, so I'm going to give it a technical, even though it doesn't deserve a technical. Isn't that how some of the Power of the Dog got into some of these technical categories? You could argue West Side Story too, I guess. Perhaps, and you know that's going to be a theme of this episode for me. And it might be again, I'm throwing away reason and logic mm-hmm. for some of these coda picks, which is probably to my detriment. But I. I'm going to go with kind of stats as a backup here because it has happened before that screenplay, that acting, and that uh, picture have have been a trio. It's happened many times before and throughout Oscar history. So that's a possibility for CODA. So am I rationalizing my CODA pick by going CODA here, or am I just going with the momentum because there's also momentum now for Sean Heater in adapted screenplay. She's won... At BAFTA, she won the WGA last night, even though that wasn't over Campion, but she won the BAFTA over Campion. Campion did win the Critics' Choice, but we have some recent momentum for Coda to, you know, to go up against the other nominees. Before that, we saw we said it was an open field, Mike, that uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal had some momentum mm-hmm. after the scripter and certainly the spirit, and we said that... Uh, uh, Hamaguchi was a wild card because the, the more international academy could go his way. And then Denis Villeneuve might might have had some snub snub power, uh, not getting director, and might have had some kudos because he adapted an unadaptable book. The mm. Dune screenplay is an achievement. That's, I mean, no doubt there. And the way Dune is being treated in the above-the-line categories versus the below-the-line categories is something that I think is going to be fascinating to study in future years coming on. Because um, I really don't think Dune has much of a, a shouting chance in this. I, Again, I think The Lost Daughter could play spoiler. I think there is a, a path for that to happen. And I do think that's an Academy-friendly movie. But mm-hmm. looking at the stats here, there's been four instances since 2000 where the WGA winner in this category differed from the eventual Oscars winner in years which both winners were nominated at both shows. Mm-hmm. If CODA wins the Oscar, as it did the WGA this year, that tradition of a strong crossover between the WGA and Oscars winners being identical continues. But if Campion script for power wasn't eligible for the WGAs, so what about the years in which the eventual Oscars winner wasn't eligible at the WGAs? Well, there's only two of those to rely on since the year 2000, and each happened in the past decade. There was the whatever the hell is going on with Moonlight debacle of 2015, where Moonlight (laughs) won the original screenplay category at the WGAs, but then it won the adapted screenplay category at the Oscars. Then in 2013, where John Ridley's screenplay for 12 Years a Slave was ineligible under WGA rules, but good enough for Oscars gold over WGA winner Captain Phillips. And then there's this. We got an interesting email sent to us from listener Sammy Hakeem, who did some research sleuthing of his own for where he'll be putting his money for adapted screenplay. This is all from this email. Since the Oscars began, no screenplay winner has ever missed a nomination for Best Picture. Hmm. Lost Daughters out. Since 2010, the year of the preferential ballot, adapted winner has always had at least one acting nomination. Dune and Drive My Car are out. Since 2010, the adapted winner has never matched with director winner. Power of the Dog is out. (laughs) That leaves one movie in contention. They're going for CODA. 
you're going for Coda. <laughs> I'm going for Coda based on screenplay in the last few years has been where we put the boy, I wish I could vote for this thing in other categories, but I just can't yet, so I'm going to give them something. I think you are heading towards the possibility where you just go like 22 of 23 in, the, in this, <laughs> or you could go like four, 15 yeah. of 23. <laughs> two of, yeah, two of 23, which is more likely. <laughs> I, I think we're both kind of in the, the boomer bus category, so one of us will be grumpy Sunday night, <laughs> and the other <laughs> will be jubilant, <laughs> and... <laughs> Uh, I, I think Coda is the fun pick here, but it's also a, a pick that makes the most sense at this moment. And you can match Coda's screenplay up to other previous winners in the category. This is not merely a feel-good or a coattails pick here. We praised this screenplay back in August mm -hmm. because it blends drama and comedy. And the drama, especially when it's a pick, and the dr dramedy, rather, especially when it's a pitch-perfect genre blend of drama and comedy, has won with this writer's branch in the Academy many different times in both original and adapted screenplay. And adapted, we have Jojo Rabbit, The Big Short, The Descent, those are recent examples and adapted. And in original, we have Promising Young Woman. We have mm -hmm. Green Book. We have Her. And not even to mention Get Out. I mean, that's funny. And that's, I mean, that's a hard uh, genre blend. But the genre blends, especially when they're crowd pleasers, they it's difficult to make audiences swoon and then make them cry. But before that, you made them laugh 20 times. It is and so when they're writer And when they're auteur pieces, writer-director pieces, too. They, I mean, they, the Academy smiles on those. Absolutely. So I'm going uh, I'm going with Troy Kotzer, and I'm going with Sean Heater, and I'm allowing this movie to change my cold, dead heart and fill it with love and happiness and music and Kotzer. And I'm, I just, I'm going with Coda. I can't help it right now. And so you have Coda winning like four or five on the night. Well, three. I'm going. I'm having it run the table, which I said again. I'm going with my own words. So this is like <laughs> me saying I'm going with the you know wonderful pick. I'm so Hollywood right now, but I'm really just you know stroking my own ego because I said this for a month where I was like, if Coda does this, if it runs the table, then it's I'm gonna pick it. See, but you're it putting me in a box right now because I would love that to happen. But if that happens and you're gonna have to be right and gloating and happy on top of it while I'm also wrong, I'm gonna despise you and Coda and everything. <laughs> this is a lose-lose. Of course it is. No, you're hedging. You're doing the responsible pundit thing, and I'm going all in on Coda, and I could look like an ass. I can look like a complete ass on Sunday night, and I, I may very well do that. May very well happen. It probably will happen regardless. Well, if adapted screenplay wasn't enough of a mess for you because of the WGAs <laughs> and what Best Picture may do for it, you could argue original screenplay is an even bigger disaster mm -hmm. after what happened at the WGA stage because this was a layup for Paul Thomas Anderson to win. It, I mean, Licorice Pizza was going to win the original screenplay category. It was going to go into Oscar Sunday as the heavy betting favorite. It was probably going to be a coronation set, like I said it was going to be for months already. And then, kabloom! <laughs> Don't Look Up wins original screenplay at the WGAs, and let's talk about what that did with the betting odds. Mm. Licorice Pizza is still the favorite in most books, around plus 110. Anytime you have a category where there is no negative number, there is no minus, that means... It's all up in the air. Nobody knows who the hell is going to win. So that's what we have here. You can maybe still find a slight VIG or a minus number for Licorice Pizza in some books, but it was minus 150 to minus 200 prior to Sunday in the WGAs. 
Belfast still remains about plus 150 to plus 200. That's been relatively stagnant regardless of what happened on the WGAs on Sunday night. Don't Look Up has been the biggest mover, obviously. Its odds have been shortening a lot since it won the WGA. It was around 10 to 1 or 14 to 1 prior to Sunday. It's gone all the way down to about 4 to 1 or plus 400 in most books. Mm -hmm. The worst person in the world and King Richard are the longer odds and the longer shots in this category. Worst person in the world... Could be found for as low as 9 to 1, I found, and as high as 33 to 1, but the most often occurring odds for it were 20 to 1 or plus 2,000. King Richard is more fairly established at 20 to 1 across multiple books as well. So I don't know what the hell happened at the WGAs. I mean, I know the easy narrative to say is that this backlash has been growing against PTA and against Licorice Pizza. I think that might be oversimplifying it a little bit, though, because the voting for the WGAs closed more than a month ago, back on February 16th. And the backlash, at least on Twitter and social medias, wasn't as resounding and as loud as it has gotten in the two or three weeks since. So what the hell is going on, Mike? I, I don't think you're oversimplifying things. I think there's been a backlash to this film throughout. And I think that there's also a love for Paul Thomas Anderson. And I don't think you're wrong when you have an Academy that wants to award him. They've, they've nominated him out of the blue in the past for late breakers like Phantom Thread. And I, I think there's a profound respect for the man. And there's a, a need, there's an urge to give him an Oscar. But the it's just their time narrative does not usually work in screenplay, even though it's worked sure. recently with maybe a Spike Lee a few years ago. That was long overdue, and perhaps the makeup factor was in play with Spike Lee's Black Klansman screenplay. But that being said, there was all the trademark goods of a Spike Lee screenplay there for Black Klansman, and, and he always writes the hell out of his script. So mm. I don't want to disparage Black Klansman's script necessary licorice pizza to me is not the trademark pta in my opinion and and i have worshipped him as a filmmaker as an auteur but for his dramas not his comedies or dramedies or mine efferies or whatever you want to call it he's better at writing the big drama this is awkward comedy at best and it's it's kind of a very melancholic exercise and despite my literal love of candy pizza num num, <laughs> I might just being self I might just be selfish here again and I'm going with my own you know, after a whole year of doing the numbers on all this stuff, Michael, I'm just going with my own <laughs> wants and desires <laughs> at the end of this really thing. Matters. Uh, so look, I cannot go with licorice pizza and the fact that BAFTA has only been five of the last ten, I mean that's enough enough of a reason for me to just kind of box it out. Are you boxing it out or are you keeping it alive for yourself? Well, what are you picking? You're going with Coda here? Are you go I mean, are you uh, picking Coda here too? I, no, I can't pick Coda <laughs> I here. So I, know, I have but to go just with, as a write in, I mean. <laughs> I have to just go with something like that, unfortunately. And Belfast, everybody knows, is my one of my favorite movies of the year. It's a top five movie for me. I'm gonna go with Belfast, but I use some dis deductive reasoning to get there. Now uh, let's let's go back. So I got Licorice Pizza out of there. King Richard is out of there for me. I just haven't seen any evidence that King Richard can win it's in so, this it's season. It's so baffling. It should be a contender in this category at least. It's strong, but there's just no precedent yet. There's not. And yeah. it's a similar argument for the worst person in the world, mm -hmm. despite True. the fact that those odds are shortening. And this is my favorite screenplay of the category, just based on you know also Mike's. 
ballot. I will I, say, if there's one one super long shot that like I would be least surprised by, I think it would be that one. Just based on a lot of history, a lot of word positive word of mouth I've heard about that screenplay, and within I know it's film Twitter, and that's not the Academy, but still, I mean, there's been uh, there's been momentum for the worst person in the world to do well, and it did overachieve on nomination day. It has love within the Academy, obviously. I mean, that's a tempting sprinkle, right? It's a sure. wide open category. Sure, uh, you could get high odds 3300 to 1 mm-hmm. jesus i mean why not put 10 bucks on that I, yeah <laughs> i mean i know david long's joke is that you put 10 bucks on that you lose 10 bucks yeah right <laughs> but if this is a three film race maybe that opens up the possibility that the voting is spread around so much that the field comes back to the long shots essentially and that opens things up for the worst person in the world because i do think there's still going to be a vote voting body for for pta and by all accounts now don't look up winning the wga is going to have votes and belfast is going to have votes because of its popularity but also because it won the globe and the choice and typically that means at least seven the last seven times that a globe and choice winner has taken both that is equaled an oscars win now again what do these stats mean stats shows the past as mr perry said to us on twitter and he's right uh the stats don't necessarily equal everything and i'm not using them for other categories but i i can't necessarily take the, the WGA stat, the WGA stat's not great. It's only 65%, 24 of the last 37, Mike. However, six times in the last, whatever, since 1994, we've had uh, a WGA winner, or excuse me, a, an Oscars winner, an original screenplay, not be nominated at, uh, nominated at the WGAs. Does that mean they were ineligible? Does that mean they were just not nominated and snubbed? I don't know. I don't have that level of research here. But if you fudged it, you can make the don't look up stat much more favorable, up to 80% with 30 out of 37. The question is, what are you doing? You know what I'm doing. I'm going Belfast because uh, my tiebreaker is my stupid gut or heart or whatever the hell I'm going with in my anatomy. Yeah. What are you you're, doing? You're doing what I do in most years, which is talking yourself into what you want to see happen and predicting mm-hmm. it for every category. And I'm dumb. Yeah. If I was doing that, I would pick don't look up here. Yeah. So I'm picking Don't Look Up here, uh, (laughs) (laughs) mainly because I think that movie is much more unique than Belfast, and I don't want to have the ick of predicting licorice pizza on me. And that's not a reason at all (laughs) to pick Don't Look Up to win, but it's what I settled on because I do think this category is that big of a crapshoot right now. I would sprinkle, I would put 10 bucks on... The worst person in the world, or I would put ten bucks. Uh, I would maybe put twenty bucks on Belfast because of those odds uh, are, are are tempting for me because I think it's going to win and it's got plus two hundred. You know, so you might win a little something there. I'm probably staying away from this category. Otherwise, I'm. I don't know. I I don't. Uh, I I don't think my wallet's going to be happy with me at the end of this weekend. But See, that's now you got one. me looking at the odds. I'm like, well, if I stagger bet the top four, if I went 40, <laughs> 30, 20, 10. We can't lose. We just can't lose. <laughs> that's one way to break even. <laughs> Let's go to film editing next, Mike. What are the odds? We have uh, Dune at even odds. King Richard is plus 200. The Machine power of the size, 275, yep. The power of the dog is plus 300. Gets about as high as 400 in some books. Uh, Tick, Tick, Boom is plus 1,200. And Don't Look Up, 
plus 1800s. Tick, tick, boom uh, is most often found at 1200. You could find it as low, as short as 8 to 1 or as 800. Don't look up uh, 18 to 1. You can find it as high as 20 to 1. But interesting to keep an eye on tick, tick, boom. Again, if you're thinking about a sprinkle here. But all right. In the famous words of Stand By Me, if you want to see a dead body, because it's going to be mine unless someone can explain to me how disrespected King Richard has been. I mean, it's been a top two in a tech category. It's going to win a lead acting category. It overachieved on nomination day, and yet it's still never been taken seriously as a best picture threat. How is this possible? It's not even being taken seriously as a screenplay threat. Right. I'm with you. It's not favored in editing, but it's... I mean the one, pre- you know, the one with the precedent here, winning the Ace Eddie in the drama category, which is translated more than the comedy or musical category at the Ace Eddies. Even though you could put Tick Tick Boom on a similar level, but this might be Oscars puzzle theory uh, involved mm, in best sure. editing, and we'll get there. But uh, uh, I don't know. We might have a situation where Dune pads its stats here as well. Could be. Could very well be. It is the front runner, like you said. Even money odds right now. This is film editing, probably the category with the most outrage as to why it's been cut. Or, in other words, it will be presented before the live telecast on Oscar Sunday during the red carpet. Is that outrage for good reason? Uh, I mean, on MMO, if you listen to us, you know we praise two lords on this show. There's Lord Feinberg and Lord Mm -hmm. Wikipedia, and the (laughs) latter of which will tell you that for 33 years straight from 1981 to 2013, the Best Picture winner was nominated in the film editing category. Mm. Lord Mike One is here to tell you that (sighs) it's happened in every year since 2013 as well. That's not going to help you pick the winner of this category, but it may help you pick power of the dog over coda and best picture and, and yes i am a false prophet <laughs> lord mike one <laughs> more like little lord fauntleroy to reference a joke from my grandmother wow. when I was growing up when she wanted to call me a little pop of shit uh how dare you endow yourself with the same fief and title as lords feinberg or what do we reference wikipedia 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 how dare you this is the outrage uh but i do agree with your claiming to be a false prophet most people don't claim outright that they're false prophets but you do blaspheme and self-aware you openly blaspheme uh mike the ace eddie to oscar stat is 42 of the last 60 that's 70 percent obviously there's two categories funneling into one so that's not great, but mm-hmm. th- this category throws me into a circular, just time loop, mind F, whatever you want to call it. We have King Richard and Tick, Tick, Boom winning those two ace eddies. And then at the BAFTAs and Choice, we have no useful information. We have Dune losing both. We have The Power of the Dog losing one. And we have Bond winning in BAFTA, which tells us nothing, and West Side Story winning at Choice. So, look, Dune appears to be similar to the profiles or at least the types of genre fare that has been winning editing at the Oscars. Ford v. Ferrari, Bo Rap, Dunkirk, Hacksaw Ridge, Mad Max, Gravity, Dragon Tattoo, etc., etc. That's just going back 10, 11 years. But there's also the meaning of life as according to The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That is 42. <laughs> just 42. And therefore... I think that confirms the Ace Eddie staff. But with prophecies, it's hard to pin them down. So this could go towards King Richard or Tick, Tick, Boom being my pick here. 
this is what I'm doing right now, Mike. I have no idea. Just talking I, in circles. I don't think Dune is winning this many Oscars, but then again, Joe Walker's beloved, and I mean, he's been nominated three times. Hank Corwin of Don't Look Up, also a three-time nominee. Pamela Martin's going to be a two-time nominee. Tick, Tick, Boom's got showy editing, as Amy said, but a montage editing from King Richard is also like a cool little, you know, something that's addictive for the Academy to vote for, at least in the past as well. I'm going with King Richard and Pamela Martin. I don't know why. I think it's the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy being a great book (laughs) and very funny, but I like, I think Joe Walker could win for Dune part two, but like, this is just totally screwy. I get the odds. I really do. I'm probably sprinkling a little bit on Pamela Martin then. I don't know. Four days ago, I was complaining how chalk this Oscars was going to be. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. My gut instinct was, well, Power of the Dog will win this because it'll be the Academy member doing the Oscars puzzle of I need to justify my best picture pick and give Power of the Dog one technical. Wow. That could happen. I was going to pick Power of the Dog. I think I'm going to switch it at the last second here. But I think there's another tech in which Power of the Dog can come in and swoop and satisfy that stat of not having to win adapted screenplay anyway. Yeah, it has to, doesn't it? It can't just win director, otherwise that goes back to like it's the 60s. It's got to win a 60s. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. I agree it has to win at least one tech. Um, I think I'm going to pick King Richard just because I think that's a movie that deserves to win more than one Oscar. Yeah. Oscar's puzzle theory could come into play here, and everything else is getting picked there, and Dune is getting picked everywhere, and therefore the power of the dog might get picked in the big category. So let's go back to King Richard, and let's give King Richard more love. I I don't know. I I just think people have looked at this category in the past, and they've kind of voted away from... They voted away from the Best Picture coattails. They voted towards... Right, I agree with that. So, like, aren't we both dumb for not picking Dune? But what's the precedent? Well, give me the figures. I need the fi- <laughs> no. I just go on with my gut. Well, Dune's it- going to win eight hundred other awards, though. All right, here's the thing. I just you're switching to King Richard. I'm switching to Dune. <laughs> I'm switching to Dune. Damn it! I'm an idiot. Good, good. I like it. <laughs> Cinematography. We do this fucking work all year long. <laughs> And it comes down to prediction time. We're like, I think this movie should win more than one Oscar. The crazed panic in my eyes right now. The insanity. You don't even want to know. We're not doing this on video. I locked myself in my room. I worked on this freaking dock for about 11 hours. And this is like, it's not, it's not, I'm I'm changing picks. It doesn't matter. Cinematography. What do we got? Cinematography. All right. Little preamble because we had some updates last night. Greg Frazier won the American Society of Cinematographers Chief Award last night. Uh, Dune also won the BAFTA. Uh, Ari Wegman, now she won the Power of the Dogs Cinematography win in the Critics' Choice Awards. Michael, this was a history-making win. Now, what are the crossovers? The Guild... Oscars to AFC is 15, or or vice versa, is 15 of the last 27. That's only 55%, and there's 16 of the last 35. You know, going back, they had no crossovers, so that's 45% overall. So that's a guilt. That's a low crossover for a guilt. Since they started the category at the Critics' Choice, they're only 10 of 12. Now, everybody's thinking, all right, let's go with Critics' Choice. Here's the thing. BAFTA is also 8 of the last 10. We've had some runaways in cinematography of late. So the Critics' Choice has the same kind of carryover, recent history. So 
keep that all in mind. So mm-hmm. that 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 what does that say? That says Greg Frazier and Power of the, uh, and Ari Wegman kind of have are on similar planes, according to last Sunday's developments of Choice and BAFTA. But Mike, what are the betting odds here in Cinematography? They're also appropriately a little wild. You can find Dune. For about minus 400, which is a pretty hefty favorite, you can actually find it, as I saw, as high as minus 1400, which is a prohibitive favorite, if you look at it that way. Mm -hmm. Power of the Dog is in second. It's about plus 275. So that's, for second place, that's still quite a hefty return, which makes me, suggests to me anyway, that the books are pretty united, that they think Dune is a pretty entrenched favorite in this category. Macbeth is 14 to 1. West Side Story is about 20 to 1. Nightmare Alley is plus 2500 or 25 to 1. What are you picking, Mike? I'm very tempted to go with Ari Wegman. I'm rooting for her to make history. In Same. fact, all my gut picks and everything I've said to you off air and texted you, I was going to go with her. And then my Oscars wallet started speaking, and, and last night went back to Fraser, and I'm I'm going with Fraser. I'm going yeah. with Dune, and I'm boring, and I'm lame, and I'm old. <laughs> I'm all these things. This I is what ch- I feel. I, I mean, if, if you're going to tell me Critics' Choice and BAFTA are the two most predictive things and they have equal records, I'm going to side with BAFTA over Critics' Choice. That's what it comes down to for me. And Dune being the betting favorite as it is uh, makes makes sense to me in that regard as well. So I'm going to go with Dune here as well. That said, I mean, if you... You could do worse than West Side Story at 20 to 1, I think, or Macbeth at 14 to 1 if you wanted to do a little bit. I mean, you're probably losing that money, so be aware, but... If the field comes back, like if Dune and the Power of the Dog bring the field back to the other three, Macbeth could probably benefit from that because right. the cinematography is so beloved in the spaces that we're traveling in. I just, I can't see it right now. It looks like a two horse race. Agree. I agree. I, I think it's, I think money risked here is money lost, but yeah. All right, let's get into the four acting categories. We'll probably go a little faster now. Uh, we took a lot of the categories that have been more volatile in the precursors and we did them up top but i'm curious mike if we go with the people who have been winning all the acting categories of the of late what is that parlay smith chastain kotzer debose what is that parlay where you got to win all four to win money what are the odds yeah you can get uh, i mean for as dealing with as heavy a favorites as smith and debose specifically are you could still get those four on a parlay for about plus 160 one dollar wins you a buck 60 in profit if I give you all my money, can you invest it for me, please? I look forward to Nicole Kidman ruining this for you. <laughs> Lead actor. Let's get those odds. Will Smith is minus 1,000 from King Richard. He's even heavier in other in other books, too. You wrote Cumberbread and Butter. That's his He's name, isn't it? Plus 500. <laughs> Benedict. Uh, Garfield. Andrew Garfield's plus 1,200. Denzel Washington plus 3,300. Javier Bardem plus 5,000. Yeah, we call that happy to be here. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't need to break this category down any further, I don't think. It's been Will Smith for going on three years now at this point. It all ends Sunday. Will Smith, right? Best actor will never go against Vegas. It just will never <laughs> change on us last minute. No, it. But no, seriously, this one's this one's a sweep. Will Smith is taking it. Uh, bet minus one thousand. I wish he was even shorter. I th- he but, is in some books. All right, he's winning it. Uh, supporting actor is probably perhaps more interesting. Troy Kotzer's only a minus three hundred favorite you could find him at minus 450 in some books as well which is pretty well anything you get to that 350 line and that's pretty it's a pretty hefty upset but still cody smith mcphee is plus 200 ish which is weird to me but we'll get into it 
Uh, Kieran Hines is plus 1,600. Jesse Plemons from The Power of the Dog as well is plus 2,500. And J.K. Simmons, the long shot, at plus 3,300 from being the Ricardos. So this should be Kotzer in a runaway. And Cody Smith-McPhee is like, he's gone from front runner to the fly that won't leave the picnic. Yeah. I'm not quite sure why his odds are so low and why Kotzer's not more entrenched as a favorite. Kotzer should be along the lines of Ariana DeBose, maybe a little longer than Ariana DeBose, but around like minus 800, minus 900 for me. I guess, if nothing else, that shows you the power of Golden Globes still because Cody Smith-McPhee won the Globe even in a year when the Globes had to tweet out their winners because they had no airtime. But if you're going to tell me Cody Smith-McPhee is two and a half times more likely to pull off an upset as Benedict Cumberbrew is, I don't understand the logic behind it other than, I guess, Globes. I wonder if Vegas is a bit rattled by recent thespian picks. You know, the highbrow picks from Mark Rylance to an Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, but those are all veterans that have been in the game forever. Right. Cody, Cody's going to have another how many chances at right. this. And, and the Troy Kratzer train is just so... Uh, just wonderful. Right. It's, it's a bandwagon that we've all got pots and pans shirts on. We're all tapping it at this point. We're all a bunch of idiots. That's what I picture of a bandwagon. Just everybody with silverware for shirts, just wrap tapping it uh, up and down the uh, the old Oregon Trail. So I Can I take this time. further before you respond? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think, look, he, he, could, he could upset Cody Smith McPhee. I don't think he will. The. Troy Kotzer has just been the darling of every one of these award shows. It's the sentimental pick, but it's also connected to a best picture narrative. I, I can't see it. I can't see Cody taking it. I'm going to look like a fool if he does. Troy Kotzer. I would say you could sprinkle on Cody Smith McPhee, but then you have to wear the shame of having to bet against <laughs> Troy Kotzer, you monster. Oh, right. So. And that's the thing. Is there a shame, shame on you factor pick against pick against Troy Kotzer? How do you pick against him at this yeah, point? I don't, I don't know how you can. I, I, I'm picking Troy Kotzer as well. It's an anonymous ballot, though. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, what what's more vulnerable, lead actress or supporting actor in terms of the front row? It has just, to be lead actress. It has to. Like, what's more vulnerable? Just on paper, it has to be lead actress. On paper, it is lead actress because Jessica Chastain is minus 150. Nicole Kidman, plus 300. Olivia Coleman, plus 500, along with... Kristen Stewart, which must have tumbled down these odds, by the way, also plus 500. Penelope Cruz is not that long of a shot at plus 1,600 from Parallel Mothers, Michael. You can find Kristen Stewart uh, a little higher than that, too, 600, 700 in some books. Wow. You have to pick Chastain, I think. Yeah. And, and like, admittedly, I haven't heard the It's Her Time as much as I thought I would hear it, which is super ironic because, for me, I think it might be her time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> God, do I want to pick Olivia Coleman? And, right. and the fact that there's four choices, five to one or shorter, probably shows just how much of a toss-up this still is, despite what's happened at SAG and Critics' Choice, where Chastain has won both, and that's why she's the favorite right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, as of this moment, I'm going to pick Chastain, but I'm going to listen to you, and then maybe I'll switch it. I am also picking Chastain. so I'm, I'm going to switch I'm- it. <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> Look, I think she's playing this season very well, Jessica Chastain. She's worshipped by Oscar Isaac in Venice. Uh, what a beautiful 
arm? Is, is that what he? <laughs> yes. His right. her arm. He yeah. fixated on the arm. Well, what do you went, fixate no. on? Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> Jessica Chastain <laughs> delivers one of the very best speeches at SAG. I mean, she's probably robbed a couple of years ago for Zero Dark Thirty. She's not at Choice. She's filming in Wilmington, North Carolina. Critics' Choice was a gaff factory, mm. uh, at least late at the, late in the evening. So whatever. Okay. She's not doing the Oscars red carpet, and she's very been very public about this, unless they decide to change the broadcast. And she wants to support the makeup and hair uh, hair team from the eyes of Tammy Faye not being presented live and being one of the eight awards not being presented of the 15 out of 23. So this is not good politics, Michael. This is great politics. Yeah. Aaron Sorkin's scripts of the world rejoice. Just don't do his social media, Jessica. So we all forgot that. So look, she's got the biggest branch of support already after SAG went in her direction for the eyes of Tammy Faye. And now she has all the text, presumably, in her corner. So when you add to this the fact that on her home turf, Kristen Stewart lost with the critics. And that's what I mean by her home turf. Right. The critics betrayed her. They yeah. stabbed her in the back. Yeah. Every single critic who voted against Kristen Stewart who and who voted for her throughout the season. She wins 20-some-odd you know, Critics Association Awards. And then you, I'm, I'm a little bitter at, at my recent predictions history, by the way. You, you're a bunch of flip-floppers is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm bringing out the big guns now. I'm calling all of y'all critics a bunch of flip-floppers and uh, whatever. Why am I still talking? Jessica Are Chastain's you not worried pick. about Coleman? Of course I am. I'm wor- I'm just a ball of worry. Uh, at this, the fact that we're talking about parlays, did could we have jinxed ourselves anymore? But here's the thing. Here's the thing about these acting categories. I am I am happy with all these four winners. They have been vetted for me right now. I am excited to see all four of them deliver an Oscar speech. So if it is chalk, I'm not that bummed out. But if somebody else wins, I might be I might be happy. Yeah. I might be happy. And, and Olivia Coleman could hiccup her way to, to, you know, just queen of my heart yet again she on the Oscars. She gets up there stage. and just moons Glenn Close specifically. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that happened, I would just start. Begrudging just, respect from me, I'll admit. Like a pair of puppies, I would just start wrestling you right there on the couch. That would That's what would happen. <laughs> oh my god i want to pick Col- i want to pick coleman just out of like self de- like ptsd quite frankly in self de- uh resp- defense um, so you're staying away from the parlay is what you're saying at plus no i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah i mean you make a compelling case and when you get to hair and makeup the only way hair and makeup makes sense to me is if chastain is entrenched as a favorite here yeah so because I, I i mean i don't think tammy tammy Faye's makeup was fine but i don't think it was like a runaway favorite fine which is how it's being treated right now and that all makes sense if you tell go back to chastain and you made the compelling case as to why she has so many different branches that are going to be supporting her i'm gonna pick her and this that's gonna chalk up to one of my all-time calls when i said i don't think jessica chastain is gonna get nominated and she's gonna end up winning <laughs> so <laughs> good job by me when i watched the, the eyes of tammy Faye. Well, uh, we call them like we see them here, but sometimes we need glasses. <laughs> Supporting actress uh, Ariana DeBose is minus 1,400. Kirsten Dunst plus 600. Anjanou Ellis plus 1,800. Uh, Jame Duty 
mm-hmm. as I uh, lovingly call her. Uh, Dame Judy Dench is plus twenty five hundred, and Jesse Buckley plus thirty three hundred. Michael, supporting actress. Yeah, well, the Bows is the, I mean, as far as above the line stuff goes. She's the second most sure thing to campaign and director. I think she's the fourth highest odds on the Oscars card overall, according to Vegas. She mm-hmm. swept everything. She's a locomotive. The only talking point about this category to me has nothing to do with this category at all. It was the Twitter uproar yesterday when mm-hmm. everyone found out that Rachel Ziegler uh, has yet to be invited to the Oscars by Disney. Yeah, I, I don't really have an opinion. I mean, I guess she should be invited to the Oscars, but does every star of every movie get invited to the Oscars? This is we're not we're not tracking this. Could Disney we? be handling anything in a worse way than it has been the past month? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they can. Um, <laughs> I started out just agreeing with you, but then I realized no, they they've handled things worse than tickets to a ball. Well, I mean, I'm I'm talking over. I mean, the fuck, no, I won't get into it. Ariana DeBose. Ariana DeBose is my pick as well. She should win. And this would be the most shocking upset uh, if anybody else wins this, even though it probably shouldn't be because these other You'd four You'd be more actresses... surprised by her losing over Will Smith losing? Oh, yes. I guess I would be. Yeah, I, I, I would too. be. Because uh, I do think Garfield and, and Cumberbatch have been closer in the voting throughout based on you know precursors and supporting actress. Really, a challenger could not mount based on the nominations they could not mount a comeback necessarily i don't Uh, know if there's a history if there's a precedent at all for the supporting categories to not to end sweeps on oscar sunday you know what i mean right ingenue ellis just never there's no precedent even though i think her performance is terrific kirsten dunce is terrific i just rewatched it and she's incredible uh jesse buckley's gonna win an oscar one day she should so Yeah. yeah this is a category you can look back on in terms of just stacked up like if we were doing retrospectives like these Mm -hmm. these are awesome performances one of my favorite categories on the year but that is my favorite performance on the year so it's got my heart it's got my head ariana debose all right let's let's uh knock off makeup and hairstyling we just tipped our winner but let's go over the odds michael tammy faye the odds of tammy faye and mua here is minus 425 we have dune at plus 550 Cruella has been uh, as high as plus 900, but they're plus 500 at the moment. Coming to America, as high as plus 1,200, but they are plus 500 as well. And makeup and hairstyling in House of Gucci, plus 1,800 for Paolo. I'm picking House of Gucci. You can go fuck yourself. No, all right. Um, (laughs) This category, the odds are hilarious. Like, if you have Tammy Faye that entrenched as the favorite, as minus 400 favorites are, why would you bother splitting hairs to the lengths that these books do between Dune, Cruella, and Coming to America. Right. All of those being inside five to one is is bewildering to me. Didn't we cover this, though? Like, we could find a way to bet every, you know, (laughs) every nominee and make money on it. Well, I feel bad. I feel bad. The last couple of categories, I don't even think it's worth talking about sprinkles, because I think it's just money lost if you did. And I think Mm -hmm. the same could be said. I mean, I guess if you want to go... Coming to America here, I can support you. If you want to go Dune here, I can support you. I still think it's going to be money lost just because this is tied so heavily into lead actress that I can't see Tammy Faye losing. They didn't sweeten Coming to America's odds enough. I mean, I guess plus 12 to 1 is something, but is that worth... I mean, yeah, if you put 10 bucks, maybe you're betting small, but you're winning small. When I think about what people I know bet, 
when I hear you say $10 all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I do think this is an actual, honest-to-goodness, closer race like the betting suggests, though. Because there are not the long shots you would think for the winner. Because I do think... And why is Tammy Faye so high? That's such a high vig. It's a high vig, but look at these other ones are in striking distance. They're all around five to one. So they're not they're not giving us the chance to sprinkle here because they're afraid essentially that something's going to Where would you go? Out. If you want not to win, but if you if you were to pick one for a best odds to upset. My feeling was always Cruella, but I I don't know why. I don't know why that is. It's just cuz hair cuz I got a fixation on hair cuz I'm losing my hair. Best does have the best hair. It's true. Best hair uh well not even the best hair because coming to America, coming we to just America's praised great hair. Yeah, the, we we praised the hair in the Mike Mike and Oscars of coming to America. Uh, look, I think coming to America has the resume. They have the Muaz, and they won three awards at the Guild. But does in a, in a race like this and in recent Oscars history, do they go with the Guild necessarily? I don't know. We got to do that. That's those stats again. We have done them. I just couldn't find them for this episode. There's like seventy five hundred docs in the way <laughs> that I can't scroll through. But so look, I mean, my my answer is I don't know. I would probably say Dune, but I'm picking Tammy Faye here, despite the fact that I think something's better. But at the same time, look at recent winners in the category, Mike. Ma Rainey's Bombshell, Vice, Darkest Hour, all deal with a transformational acting performance. Dallas Buyers Club, Les Mis, The Iron Lady, uh, The Iron Lady, also recent, you know, again, in the last 10, 15 years, that's examples. With. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that's my reasoning, exactly. It's so intertwined with acting. It, it's fascinating. On Oscar Sunday, presumably the Muah category will be prior to the lead actress category. If anything but Tammy Faye wins makeup and hair, I, I mean, I will I will have no hope that Jessica Chastain's going to win. Really? I just, just, just how, I mean, maybe because I'm a pessimist, but... <laughs> That's how I would interpret it. It's possible. It's possible. It would be fun. It would be fun. No yeah. offense to Jessica Chastain, uh, but it would be fun to see something other than the, the chalk happen, uh, unless I put the money down on the parlay <laughs> that I'm considering. So, again, talking out of every side of my mouth and all the parlay people are just <laughs> freaking the hell out when I say something like this. Uh, the eyes of Tammy Faye, we're both picking it. All right, yeah. costume design, Michael. We have Cruella. Minus 220-ish as the betting favorite in costumes. We have Dune plus 300, West Side Story in that yellow dress, plus 1,200, Cyrano plus 2,000, and Nightmare Alley plus 3,300. Yeah, so this is the Dune stretch. These are the next the next five categories. Uh, Dune is nominated in, and Dune has the highest odds in every category except this one where it's second place right now. So this is, this is where the Dune-Mad Max comparisons start. Mm-hmm. Corella's kind of been... Uh, not kind of. It's had a ton of momentum lately in this category. Mm-hmm. I don't think Dune's going to sweep all five, so I will pick Corella for this one. Corella was fashion porn, wasn't it? Yeah, we we loved it back in the day. That was a surprise, uh, just a shock to love film mm-hmm. this year, and the costumes were the reason. The Costume Designers Guild picked Corella and Dune for that matter, but Corella won the BAFTA and won the choice. And I'm sorry I didn't do the stats on this, but. I'm also predicting costume design to go to Cruella. Michael, production design is a bit trickier. Dune is at minus 225 as the betting favorite in, in, in set design here. We have Nightmare Alley plus 250. 
and we have uh, West Side Story plus 1,200. Power of the Dog plus 2,000 for creating that ranch. And then uh, The Tragedy of Macbeth also is plus 2,000 for basically taking the set of Dune and performing Shakespeare there. <laughs> okay. My prediction isn't going to be a pick from me so much as it is just following history. And I've said... All year, there's a weird correlation between the Critics' Choice production design category and what happens on the Oscars stage with production design. And here's the stat, I'll repeat it. Since 2009, when production design became an annual Critics' Choice category, they've only crowned a winner who didn't win the Oscar twice. 2010, uh, Critics' Choice went with Inception, the Academy gave it to Alice in Wonderland. And 2012, Critics' Choice went with Lincoln, the Oscar went to Anna Karenina. So since 2013... The Critics' Choice winner has been the Oscars winner eight years in a row. Dune won production design at Critics' Choice. My hands are tied. I'm going with Dune. But you had to mention Anna Karenina, though, didn't you? <laughs> because that production design was stupendous. And not, I mean, now I'm watching The Gilded Age. The Gilded Age level production design on HBO there might be better. But that's the you only love thing. love period pieces. What do you want from me? It's just that they're going to all these mansions for real and they're filming there. It's ludicrous. I mean, I get the, I get the favorite vibes from what the set design and the set decoration on the wall. But look, at, I think I think if I'm picking like Amy, I agreed with her when she said Nightmare Alley in terms of my ballot. But sure. There's, you, you said it. Your hands are tied to everything's gone for dune and even though she made the point of desert you know i guess look i mean all the interiors are kind of awesome in dune even though it's stark it's just like desert wall it's mm-hmm. rock it's, <laughs> but they're designing that i mean they're it's like macbeth in in that regard i mean everything is very sleek and modern and i, I don't know the words i'm not a, a critic in this regard of the artisans necessarily i just will say Wow, to Nightmare Alley, but I'm guessing Dune's going to get picked in production design like it's been picked all along. It's tough to pick anything other than Dune or Nightmare Alley uh, based on precedent and precursor. West Side Story is always going to get love for its production design and how Mm -hmm. it's shot and its cinematography, I would say. But uh, if you wanted to sprinkle, that's maybe where I'd look. You just like those anything around 10 to 1 odds. Because it makes you money. Yeah. But Nightmare yeah. Alley, I mean, it doesn't make sense to sprinkle. You should just bet it if right. you think it's going to Right. I win. agree with that. I agree. I agree with that uh, assessment that if you're going to, if you like Nightmare Alley, feel free to bet it because it could very well win. All right. Well, let's not bet anything else in this next category of visual <laughs> effects because Dune is a minus 2,500. Yeah. We have Spider Man No Way Home at plus 900, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings plus 1,400, No Time to Die plus 2,000, and Free Guy plus 3,300 VFX, Michael. Dune's minus 2,500 is the second heaviest favorite in the entire Oscars field, according to Vegas. So you bet $25 to win. One dollar if you bet on Dune in VFX, Uh meaning every dollar you bet nets you a whole four cents of profit. Uh, Dune is such a lock in this category. I'd be surprised if anyone can find an American book that would take action on it. Uh, And if you do find one, let me know. But that's how sure the books are that this is going to come out on top. I guess the rationale Mm -hmm. is that each of the other four nominees in this category could be blockbuster movies where it's, well, the money is really the award for that. I guess Free Guy could be the exception to that thinking, but Free Guy's not winning this category. 
Yeah, Free Guy did well too in terms of pandemic box office. I wonder how. I want. I would love to see VOD numbers, by the way. But yeah, in terms of VFX numbers here, Dune's sweeping. Dune's going to win, and Dune probably should win. It, the, yeah. the the practical effects involved, the stunts. I mean, all of it put together. The dragons, they don't. Planes. Yeah, they don't have enough categories right now to award this element of movie making right uh, in the current Oscar system. So they need more categories, not less. They need a longer book. Don't get me started. <laughs> Dune is our pick for VFX. Sound, we're going to be similar. We're going with Dune probably, but we'll wait. Dune is minus 1,000 in sound. West Side Story plus 500. No Time to Die plus 1,000 and spinning as high as plus 1,700. The Power of the Dog getting that Coattails nominee maybe for plus 1,800 odds right now in Best Sound. Otherwise, Belfast plus 2,000 for the cacophony of ancestral Irish voices in the background. Michael, Best Sound. I don't know why I feel like this could be a tech that has the, the highest, heaviest favorite that could lead to the biggest upset. But Wow. I, I just, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to pick Dune. Yeah. Power of the Dog would not shock me, though, even though it's way down the list. But, but again, it's that thinking, it's the coattails thinking. There's going to be some category, I think, if Power of the Dog is going to win Best Picture, there's going to be some technical, I think it's actually going to be the next one, is where I pick Power of the Dog to give it away. But there's going to be a technical in which somebody, Power of the Dog has to win, where wow. it's not favored to. There's going to be, and yet, am I smart enough to pick it? No. I'm picking Dune here. Well, you pick, shouldn't. You're picking Coda to win Best Picture. I know. I'm picking Dune again in the next category, you're, but you're picking Dune here yes. in sound. All yes. right, let's move on to original score. I tip my hat. I'm going with, with Mr. Zimmer, most likely. He's minus 500 for his music of Dune. We have Johnny Greenwood in The Power of the Dog, plus 400. Jermaine Franco, she is plus 1,000 for Encanto. I hope Encanto wins. Nicholas Bertel, probably my favorite score, yeah. at least my favorite trumpet note from Don't Look Up, plus 2,000, but he hasn't won since the beginning of the season. Otherwise, I did. I love this category. Alberto Iglesias, I love that score from Parallel Mothers. I, I actually predicted it for the nom. It was the highlight of my predicting life. <laughs> plus 3,300, though, are Iglesias's odds. So uh, what do you think? Give me a rationale behind where you're going with Zimmer here. I'm going with Zimmer, but Zimmer, but it's not a slam dunk. I, I think the Greenwood score is better, so my ego disagrees. And again, my ego's been driving this bus today. I say it's my heart, but it's not. Uh, I'm passionate about the Power of the Dog score as well. I was kind of addicted to it from the New York Film Festival on down. And like Eric Weber said, I do think they've been campaigning it in a very savvy way over at Netflix with Academy members doing the live orchestra screenings, yeah. clever marketing uh, from Netflix here. We have Jermaine Franco winning from Encanto uh, lately. The the two guilds she's uh, been nominated at, or, or the music supervision one last night, not exactly connected to this, but they got nominees as well. But she, uh, she won at the guild a couple weeks ago over Zimmer. However... Zimmer's won the Globe choice and BAFTA. I don't know about the stats here, but when you've swept that way, I, I also think there's a, you know, there's rationale that this guy's been nominated nine times. How is how doesn't he have more than one win? You know, he, he won for the Lion King back in the day, which uh, you know, on top of the Soul win last year, maybe 
you know, the, looking at recent history, we see animated films win here a lot in original score, but I'm sticking with Zimmer. I don't know. I'm going with Power of the Dog. Uh, I'm going with Johnny Greenwood. Mainly because, one, I, I think, like, I think a lot of people feel like you just said, they feel it was objectively the best score of the year. Mm-hmm. But also it has the Spencer hook, too. I, I mean, if there's people out there, Spencer got a lot of love for its score when it first came out to the point where people were expecting Johnny Greenwood to maybe be a double nominee in the category. And if yeah. you think Spencer was the best score of the year, you could just give that vote to the same composer. And mm. Power of the Dog ends up winning. Minus 500 is a very hefty vig. It's a heavy favorite, which means that Dune is pretty entrenched and it's pretty entrenched for a reason you just went over why it has swept pretty much thus far power of the dog's got to win a tech it's got to win a tech if it wants to win best picture i wonder if i wonder if all the dune screenings as well they've had one event after another i wonder if that's factoring in here but i just i worry that the there's going to be some doomed fatigue on this card. How many awards? You can't will every justify giving it six or seven Oscars and not taking it seriously as a best picture candidate, which nobody is. Look at Mad Max didn't win. La La Land didn't win. La La Land That's was where, t- La La Land won for a minute. First of all, <laughs> one for all. a minute, but they both won six. They both won six. But, so. but La La Land was taken seriously as a best picture candidate. I, I mean, I Mad Max, you can't say the same, but shows yeah, the precedent's there nonetheless. It wasn't La La Land Part One. Mad Max Fury Road. Maybe that's a Part One. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get a cool ass sequel to that one. I don't know. I think uh, I think Dune is a, a weird case. It's getting the it's getting the Fellowship of the Ring kind of stance and maybe it'll win only a couple like the fellowship of the ring at the end of the day and that's probably that's probably why i'm I'm just having such a rough time with this episode and my picks this year like i'm gonna do stupendously bad (laughs) if i do if i do it bad like duna win three which is what david long's always been saying and i'm predicting duna win six and i'm just gonna look like a fool a dang fool or i'm gonna be or i'm hedging Right, because it's probably not going to win six; it'll win four. Well, your prediction track record is better than mine, so you uh, you could be the one speaking the genius here. All right. Well, I feel even worse uh, about that, despite your compliments, because I don't <laughs> listen to them. Because I want no time to die to win original song. Michael, Sh- Billy Eilish, Phineas O'Connor—they are minus two hundred ish. I do love Ancanto's Dos Oruguitas at plus 175. Beyonce's Be Alive of King Richard is plus 600. That's fairly close as well. Down to Joy of Belfast, uh, Mr. Unvaccinated McGee is plus 1,200. And somehow you do. Shout out, Diane Warren. At some point, though, she's got to get tired of being nominated. Plus Like, why nominate her? Why nominate her in a year you know she's not going to win? Four good days. It's cruel at this point. Right. It's cruel. It's like so cruel. Just let her stay home. That's what or I'm maybe saying. Maybe she should Don't stay even home. Put maybe she's ballot. That's not fair to her. She should stop going, but she should have <laughs> the limousine ready, and then go to all the parties if she does win. No, I plus eighteen hundred was the last. Watch option, her by the way. winning an upset this year. All right, so <laughs> this category is just like there's weird, and then there's turtle speeding down your street in a truck. Weird, right? <laughs> <laughs> this this is turtle weird. I don't understand how No Time to Die is only minus 200. I mean, the only possible explanation I can come up with is that Dos Oruguitas 
mm-hmm. is being treated as the stand-in replacement substitute for the Bruno song. Yeah. Because it can't be that Lin-Manuel Miranda is so beloved within the Academy, because I would argue that Billie Eilish could possibly have him beat, if that's the standard. These odds freak me the hell out. They scream, stay Same. away. Yeah. Right? No Time to Die is, is basically swept. Globe, Choice, BAFTA, and yet plus or minus 200, not not nearly no. far enough. Shorter, short enough. What the hell? I'm, I'm screwing up my vocabulary again. She's also a Grammy magnet. She's somebody everybody wants to award. She was in a documentary that was shortlisted this past year. No Time to Die is also a hugely popular movie that that brought back box office. Uh, James Bond songs are all we are are this category magnets. Catnip, yeah. catnip. So I, I do not understand this. I, I think there's worry in terms of the fact that it, maybe it's fatigue. No Time to Die, the song, has been out for over two years because it was the first thing they released in the marketing strategy, which was smart because they were you know, they were giving it a long ramp up over there at MGM, and it was a chart topper for two years now. Because She's it was in the middle the of beginning. a nationwide tour right now, too, a stadium tour where she plays it in her set list. It's a huge hit as well as all of Encanto's music, but all of Encanto's music has been you know, into the stratosphere level hit thanks to TikTok, but also thanks to the Disney factor. And look at, I I mean, I've been saying it for months, Two Caterpillars is a beautiful song. It's not a good song. It's a great song. So you add to that fact that we don't talk about Bruno, a viral hit, and the fact that that's the only song right now that's been announced in terms of being played live on the Oscars broadcast. How bizarre is that? Oh, so weird. I, I am picking No Time to Die, and... It is freaking me out that I, I don't know. Anything could win this category, as we saw last year, because her was plus, what was she plus sixty six hundred? What what did I write down at the Something beginning? Something like that, yeah, five thousand, I think. Um, plus five thousand, thank you. God, I want... crazy. I'm really, I'm really, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it only because if if Billie Eilish wins and I didn't pick it, I'm gonna feel stupid. Mm-hmm. But this stinks. <laughs> this stinks. Fear of people calling us stupid. It smells. <laughs> well, it's just it just smells. As somebody who knows a lot of people who have bet for years, this stinks. These lines stink. It smells funny. Vegas knows something. Yeah, that's weird. Not good for us. No. So, and yet here we are. Just. <laughs> jogging we're staring at each other but we're just jogging into the flames we're looking down instead of looking up what are we doing international feature can we find some footing here before the 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 day is done michael international feature drive my car is minus 3300 the worst person in the world plus 600 flea plus 750 Lunane, a yak in the classroom, plus fourteen hundred, as well as the hand of God, also plus fourteen hundred. Yeah, drive my car at that minus thirty three hundred number. Uh, heaviest favorite in the Oscars field. I think did that was... they did they not even bother to fix the other odds? They're just like, no, nah, it's drive my car. Uh, it could be the case, yeah, or they'll just keep them that low because they want the suckers' money. It's going to be drive my car. I, I wasn't wasn't another round a gigantic favorite last year too. I think international uh, feature is known for this. Well, actually, no, no. I have I have the doc open. I think it was minus one thousand, unless I'm forgetting a zero. Well, one thousand is <laughs> still a pretty. <laughs> I would a not big bet fit. against it. Yeah. No, minus one thousand. Yeah, I found it. Yeah. 
still, yeah, I'm going with Drive My Car as well. However, Feinberg had a great stat. Emigrant was the best picture nom as well back in the day. And, you know, we retweeted it. I'm sorry, I don't have that up right now. But he, he did find a, a scenario where, you know, a cross nominee ended up losing to another cross-category nominee, and that cross-category that was also nominated in was Best Screenplay. So the, the the worst person in the world has got more love this year than I think the casual fan knows. However, Were both cross-nominee categories nominated in Screenplay? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You got, Isn't I Drive My go. Car nominated in Screenplay? Drive My Car is an adapted, and yeah. Worst Person in the World is an original. And yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I can't make that case but i love mr feinberg the stat uh, as a stat nerd for 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 making the case yeah. but you know again it just adds to the overall anxiety of this whole betting <laughs> enterprise but no we're staying away because the vig is too you high can sprinkle on no, on worst person in the world but you'll lose the money i think right plus 600 is also not enticing enough right it's not huge odds so they kind of think that that one's the the upset if it does upset and they're not even giving us a chance to make some money there well, this These is the flea, are... this yeah, they know what they're doing is what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> this is the flea trio of categories, so we don't think it's going to win uh international feature. What about animated feature? What are the odds here, Mike? All right. Uh we have Encanto minus 1600 as a betting favorite. It was minus 800 prior to Saturday and could be found at minus 300 in some books. Hmm. That's that's interesting because yeah. the Mitchells in the the Mitchells ver- the Mitchells versus the Machines, if I can speak, plus seven fifty. That is drifted, no? Yeah, a bit. It was five fifty prior to Saturday. You could find it probably around ten to one if you look hard enough. Flea is at that enticing plus nine hundred, Michael. It was in second place prior to Saturday, around five to one, and now can be found as well around ten to one. Luca is plus fourteen hundred. That was at four fifty, and it's gone. Mm. It's drifted way the hell out there. And Ryan, the Last Dragon, plus twenty five hundred. That's always feature. been the uh, bringing up the rear there, that fifth place. Again, you with these rears, just trying to entice you. Encanto <laughs> won three of nine at the Annie Awards. We were rattled though when the Mitchells versus the Machines won eight of eight. Yeah. at the Annies at the Guild there, but otherwise, we have Encanto winning BAFTA and the Mitchells versus the Machines winning Critics Choice. So these odds versus the season is strange michael i think this is a a case where it might be irresponsible if you don't sprinkle a little on mitchell's versus the machines because (laughs) well look it's minus 1600 minus 800 whatever that's an entrenched favorite very heavy likely to win yeah but there's more of a case for mitchell's versus the machines to pull off an upset and higher odds i mean you're getting more juice on it then I think any other second place that's facing a minus 1,000 or heavier favorite. I do think this category gets interesting because I do think it's a three-film race. I think Flea's going to have international support, and I think there's going to be a desperation to award it somewhere from some people on their cards. And I still think that's a factor. However, is that taking away from Encanto? I don't know. It might not be taking away from Macanto. It just might be the rest of the best vote or the best of the rest. I don't know. Mitchell's versus the Machines has profound support throughout the season. And it definitely has film Twitter support. I mean, did Encanto get too popular? But to how? since when has that 
been the problem in this right. category. We've seen the popular, popular Disney yep. represented pick take it home at the end of the day. Toy Story 4. You know, we've seen this happen time and again. I'm sticking with Encanto. How about you? I'm going to stick with Encanto as well, but I would sprinkle on Mitchells versus the Machines. And maybe you hope for some Disney cannibalism within the category with three of those nominations uh, being represented by the studio. Eh, maybe. I don't know. They probably have gone behind Encanto at this point after I would the think. cross nominations. I would all think right. it's all Encanto. Documentary. Documentary has gone uh, towards Flea for a minute, but mostly Summer of Soul of late. More on that in a second. Summer of Soul is minus 300. It's been shortening. Flea is plus 333 drifting. Attica, despite the DGA director win, still plus 1,200. Ascension is plus 2,000. And Writing with Fire, plus 2,500. Michael. I think Flea's leaving with one Oscar. I don't think it's going to be international. I don't think it's going to be animated. I think it's going to be uh, documentary. Weird stuff happens in this category all the time. I said from months ago, I don't think Summer of Soul is going to end up winning because that's just what this branch ends up doing. I'm going to pick Flea here. I'm tempted. God, am I tempted to change my pick of Summer of Soul. Problem is, I do think once the favorite... And once the crowd favorite is there, the whole academy is voting on it. And it's hard for for the the art house vote to overtake. It really is. And yeah, I think that's why well, I just think that's why a lot of times the documentary branch kind of protects <laughs> protects their brand of sad parades from the the rest of the academy because they know octopus teachers will get the rest of the votes (laughs) you also don't usually have somebody as well known and as public a face as Questlove championing the favorite in the category even though you know you have the documentaries about Mr. Rogers and about RBG and about Jane Goodall whether or not they actually get to nominating or not right those aren't the people who are actually doing the media circuit I I can't yeah I can't explain away your logic, and I've shared it with Flea, and I think we both picked Flea at the way too early predictions a month ago. Mm-hmm. And I guess I could take solace in the fact that even if I'm wrong now, I was originally right. <laughs> Can I do that? Sure. I rationalize everything on a daily basis. I'm sticking with Summer of Soul. It was very tempting to switch it, though. Animated shorts. So these uh, last three are the shorts categories. I have seen exactly zero shorts. Uh, we I missed the window. You saw some of them. Some of them are on Netflix. Why don't you explain what's going on here, Mike? We procrastinated. We yeah. procrastinated with the shorts. We were going to do them for this week, and then poof, they're gone from theaters. Mm-hmm. And we got into this bubble where, yeah, at the end of last week, I was able to see the animated shorts, but bo- they, they left theaters, and they're not coming out. Uh, on VOD until tomorrow. So here's what we will vow. We will vow to talk about them to some degree because we will, we want to watch them. Yeah. And I watched some already and yeah. So we're going to talk about them in one of these next few episodes. Uh, but, but yeah, take this with a grain of salt. We're going to take a stab at most of these. And it's funny because I did see one set, the animated shorts and I can rank them in terms of my picks, cool. but bestia affairs of the art box ballet, the Windshield Wiper and Robin Robin, best to worst there. Bestia, it's about a torturer from Pinochet's regime. It's disgusting. As a, it's effed up. Good. And it's pretty damn good as a, <laughs> as a 
animated shark goes. Look at they use like the ceramics. I mean, he's got these glass figures. I mean, it's stop motion and uh, but I mean, it's it's repugnant. There's some repugnant <laughs> stuff going on in that short animated film. Like these are not for children at all. Affairs, I don't know. Of, the Affairs art, of the art might be. Full frontal, <laughs> up the ass, under the grundle nudity. Gets my silver medal. I liked it. Speaking of rears. Box ballet, like they're purposely, it's like Ren and Stimpy animation. They're purposely making all these characters kind of look ugly. And yeah, it's kind of, at least it tells a story. It's kind of a love story. The windshield wiper is just sad and aggravating and soul crushing, even though I like the animation. There's no story. It's just. I don't know. It just ends. And Robin Robin, I want to fight that movie. I want to fight it. I hate it. I've sat through it twice now. Sorry, Netflix people, but I'm rooting for the cat to eat every single one of these just popular th- Jillian Anderson, Adil Akhtar. Uh, who's the guy who was nominated from Can't You Ever Forgive Me? Richard. Oh, darn it. Yeah. Oh, God. It's getting late. <laughs> Richard E. Grant. Yes, there you go. All Such right. an you're an idiot too. So I was gonna call myself an idiot, but I can share share. He's they all voice these beautiful characters. These, but there's music that's awful. Don't vote for that, Robin. Robin. Even though these other four are effed up and weird, just vote for anything else, please. So here are the odds. Robin. Robin is the most likely winner. <laughs> Minus 110. Fox Ballet is plus 350. Bestia, Bestia, plus 470. Affairs of the Art, plus 560. The Windshield Wiper, plus 600. What are you going with? Ugh. (laughs) Box Ballet is what I'm going with, but I'm not happy about it. I would select Best Bestia, but uh, weird animated shorts this year. Which are the Netflix ones besides Robin Robin? Just, just Robin, Robin. There. Just Robin, Robin's the only. All right, that's my pick then. It could be, could be. There's three Netflix entries into documentary shorts. We have the, the Queen of Basketball, which is not Netflix. That is even odds. Three songs for Benadir, Audible, and Lead Me Home are the next three Netflix ones. Seventeen to twelve, Mike. That, three the, songs. Look, I, I've converted all these all day long. I have no idea what seventeen to twelve is, and my brain hurts from having to convert all the numbers I did prior to that anyway. So fuck it. Audible is plus 640. Lead Me Home plus 900. When We Were Bullies plus 2500. Guys, we're taking stabs here. I've seen The Queen of Basketball. I haven't seen anything else that is happy, that is short, that is, that is you know, something fun. I, I like that movie a lot. I want to pick it, but I'm going to go with Audible. I'm going to go with the theme for the deaf support for the deaf community in this episode. I, I also hear it's a good short. I'm taking a stab right now, people, even though Lead Me Home is about California homelessness, and we know that this branch goes towards California stuff. We know how much the Academy cares about California homelessness, too, as a result of last year. That's a joke. Um, that is a that is a joke. <sighs> I wish we could laugh at it, though. Yeah, right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick the queen of basketball. We have proof that the Academy picks these shorts <laughs> not based on much. <laughs> And I think people like basketball. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So, you know, just abstain. But I'm I'm rooting for that one anyway. But voters, just if you haven't seen them, just abstain, will you? 
<laughs> now, the queen of basketball is the shortest. It is, uh, you know, I don't know if it's the best yet. We'll, we'll talk about it. I may change my picks on these, but to give people something, next best picture, made a lot of good c- cases for Audible. I'm going with Audible for the moment. We'll finish this up with live action shorts. Riz Ahmed is a filmmaker for The Long Goodbye. He's also acting in that. That is minus 160, Alakachu, Take and Run, plus 480, The Dress, plus 520, On My Mind, plus 600, Please Hold, plus 720. Taking a stab, you go with the biggest name, The Long Goodbyes, Riz Ahmed. They wanted to award him an Oscar last year, Mike. Will they be lazy and they will see his name on the ballot and they will pick him? Didn't we go with that thinking in the shorts last year with a concerto as a concerto as a conversation and... The Oscar Isaac live action short and both missed. I don't missed. think he was on the ballot though. Like his name wasn't on the ballot. His, well, Chris was Bowers the was the. I mean, I know he's not. He doesn't have the name recognition that that Oscar or that right. uh, Riz Ahmed does. But Green Book original yeah. uh, composer. He's there. known in the Academy. Sure, but Riz Ahmed, man, that's a that's a big name. Yeah, you're probably I right. Speak. I don't know. Look at, I mean, we're probably not right, this this category. I mean, they, again, Next Best Picture, they were making compelling arguments for Please Hold as the long shot here at plus 720. I'm going to pick Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> so pass is what you're saying. <laughs> I'll go with the Riz Ahmed one, uh, the long goodbye, with that reasoning in mind. Well, Otherwise, I was going to pick. I was going to pick the dress, and my theory was going to be that it's going to remind Academy members of that controversy online with the dress, where we couldn't decide if it was blue and black or white and gold, right? From a couple of years ago. So that's where my mind. <sighs> that's that's interesting. You're, you're, you're the meta niche pick <laughs> because of a something that angered you. Hey, the, the TikTok, the TikTok generation is coming, man. No, if everybody wants to win their Oscars ballot, we have failed them because these. <laughs> But look at, I mean, I don't know. I, I can't I can't even rationalize it any further. We have failed them and uh, Oscar bets and Oscar pools be damned. Maybe let's do this. Maybe let's do this. It comes out tomorrow. At least we'll tweet about it in terms of these VOD short shorts. I'm going to watch these. I want to tweet about it. And uh, at the very least, you'll get our new picks then. And maybe we'll change them on a, on a future episode before the big show. Here's my statement. We gave you 365 days of serious analysis for 20 of these categories. <laughs> we did do that. If we failed you on the last three, mea culpa. <laughs> oh, that's an episode, though, Michael. My God. That is certainly an episode. Uh, one of our longer ones and certainly one of our most intense of the entire year with good reason. All the uh, stats and research and just hair pulling anxiety attached to all of them uh showed up in spades like that usually does Mm -hmm. for our oscar gambling preview and prediction show but as always dear listener what does matter most truly is what you think we do want to hear your predictions we want to hear where you think we are right or where we are wrong don't bother trying to correct us on the shorts we know we're going three for three on those (laughs) but any of the preceding 20 categories now i say that with tongue in cheek let us know your thoughts about any of these as well as any other thoughts comments questions or concerns you have about anything we do here in the MMO Empire. You can leave us those on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at MM and Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We are available wherever you do hear 
podcast. And if you're listening to us on either the Apple Podcast or Spotify app, if you would be so kind, if you appreciate what we do to leave us a five-star review, those truly go a long way in helping us out. Uh, Michael, words of wisdom, what's coming next? One of these years, we have to have something at stake for our predictions. Well, maybe when we move to YouTube, finally, we can like... I remember Cousin Sal and Bill Sims used to have this bet for the... uh, They were sponsored by Subway. And they would have a bet where the loser the would have to be beat by the winner with a Subway sandwich at the end of the year when they pick the, <laughs> they pick spreads for the NFL season. So we got to do something like that sometime. Beat with a sandwich on video <laughs> for all the world to see. Uh, I don't know if I want to go that route necessarily. Uh, I do get a manscaped I, uh, get a manscaped with just the loser has to be shaved completely. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Terrible ideas, both of them. I thought, oh. I'm giving you gold here, son! I'm terrified of how this YouTube is going to work for us. But all right, we're going to get on YouTube eventually. But what's coming next? I don't know. Um, We're going to get a guest, perhaps, or not. Uh, We don't know yet. Uh, Hopefully, if not, at some point. Yeah. uh, Because he's always come through for us. Uh, Words of wisdom? Did I? Did my May voice crack? God when I have said that? mercy on your souls. <laughs> my voice cracked when I said yes, words of wisdom. <laughs> bet big, win big. <laughs> bet small, but bet on everything, and you could still win big. So win big. I I can't I, with no conviction. I can't. No balls. Like, no babies. <laughs> let's go to Atlantic City. Let's screw it. Screw it all. Let's watch these Oscars from Atlantic City. That'll be a different podcast than we've ever put out there. Uh, next weekend, Mike. The thing is, if we did that, <laughs> you would lose me. <laughs> yeah, it would be a solo. <laughs> Biggest podcast of the year, a solo podcast. Oh, my God. Maybe it's wise to just thank our listeners for just sticking with us through all this nonsense yet again. And for the fact that one of us, I mean, they're going to be betting. Just bet responsibly, please. And hopefully we've tipped our hats that we don't know because we both picked wildly different sets here today. I promise if you follow me, you'll make millions. (laughs) And I just have no confidence whatsoever. Yeah, I just should know better. I just should know better. I feel, I just feel just completely bereft of any wisdom at the end of this episode. And I couldn't even deliver what I wrote down as shtick. Couldn't even deliver it with any sense of confidence. Well, on that note, guys. I'm going to go eat some licorice. (laughs) When reality sucks or your Oscars picks are driving you crazy, you can hopefully have some laughs and God willing, make some profit with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. We will see you all very soon. See ya.